In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today's epistle and gospel are the kind of scriptures that I think are aimed right at me. Um, you know, every once in a while, you just something just comes right at you, and it hits you in the side of the head. And today's is kind of a double whammy, because the one hit me in the side of the head, it maybe didn't sink in, but by the time the gospel hit, it, both of them kind of went in. And I know, I, I view myself as, I'm the average person, and so I think you know what I mean, because I think these kinds of things happen with you too. And whether it's something that you're going through right now, or something you've just been thinking about, um, these scriptures, they do talk to us. And you know, um, for those who just, you have to have a title to a homily, my title is this, it's, it's a kick in the rear. And, and I'm talking about me, and, and maybe for you, but I'm for sure talking about me. And the reason for that is, listen, make no mistake about it, we are in a battle. You may not want to be in it, but you're in it. We're in a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And if you don't want to fight, you've already lost. And if you don't want to fight, that's kind of too bad because everybody else in here is going to fight alongside of you and pick you up and help you. And it isn't all gloom and doom, by the way, because as St. Paul starts off with his epistle reading today in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, he says, Brethren, it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And if there's anything to take away today, this is it. This is the God of our hope and our life. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Now that hope and that life is going to carry us through this battle. You know, we, just, we have these earthen vessels also, as St. Paul said. And that's why we have God's power to be shown through us with these earthen vessels. Well, St. Paul says, yeah, he lists a whole bunch of attacks that we're going to have in this battle. He starts out, he says we're afflicted in every way. You know, he didn't say we're afflicted in some ways, or just here or there, take your pick. But we are afflicted in every way, and that's both physically and it's also spiritually. You know, we have illnesses that some of us have to struggle through. We have handicaps that some struggle through. You may even have pressures from jobs or families, you know, just whatever it is. But we are afflicted with things. Um, Matthew 5, uh, he, Matthew tells us, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. It happens to us just like it happens to anybody else. And you got the worst case scenario, if you will, when you had Job, who was sitting outside on the dunghill, and his wife saying, curse God and die. You know, that's just, that's part of our human nature, the fallen human nature that we have. And you know, we have our spiritual battles as well. Whether we're struggling with whatever it may be, it could be laziness, greed, lust, just, just whatever it is. Maybe humility, because I don't, I don't struggle with anything, you know. So humility. But we're afflicted in every way. But as St. Paul says, we are not crushed. 
okay? We just, we get knocked down, but we get back up. And you know, it happens to everybody around us. And you know, none of us is able to just do this all on our own. We have to have help. We have help from each other and we depend on each one of us. Well, we also, we get perplexed. I mean, how many times have you seen something happen and you say, now why did God allow that? That doesn't make any sense. Do you know, we wonder why. I mean, sometimes we get an answer, sometimes we don't. But you know what? St. Paul says, we are not driven to despair. Again, we just need to help each other and to, to work through these things. Get up, dust yourself off, get back in the battle. It's going to happen, so let's help each other. We get persecuted. Now, that's something that I've thought a lot about lately. Some were persecuted worse than others. And I think we'd all agree most of us have had it pretty well, pretty good, pretty good life. We haven't been persecuted much. You know, on Saturday night and then Sunday morning in Matins, we read the lives of the saints. And some of those saints, they really were persecuted. I mean, it's almost become a very common thing after Vespers on Saturday night, after Great Vespers in the vestry. Uh, as the clergy is, is hanging their vestments up, we kind of say, well, that was another uh, pretty brutal way to end your life. Uh, last night was actually kind of tame. It was just torture and beheading. Um, there have been some pretty, pretty gruesome things, and you're perplexed as, how does man actually figure out some of these things to do to other people? Well, we're not driven to despair, and we will be persecuted. You know, we, we don't know what that persecution's gonna be. Um, I pray to God, none of us get persecuted. But you know, it, it happens, um, you know, it was just this last year, there was the high school football coach up in Washington State who just started to pray on the field afterwards, never made a deal out of it, never asked the players to come. They just started coming spontaneously. Before you know it, he's told to quit. In fact, what he was told is he actually he could do it in a room in private, but on the field he could not. He could not even look like he was praying. The man lost his job because he refused to give in. He was persecuted. So what are we going to do? Well, we're not forsaken when we're persecuted. We look to each other once again, and we pick ourselves up, and we go on because our hope in our life is in the God who said, let light shine out of darkness. You know... I sometimes think about, in particular, the uh, three holy children in the furnace. And I wonder, what did they think about as they were getting ready to get in? You know? Did they think, well, God's going to just, we're going to walk around in there with an angel and walk out? Or did they figure, we're going to get burned up? They'd already seen some people get burned up just stoking the fire. You know, but you look at this these things, and this is how we know that we aren't forsaken. Some of the saints did endure a lot, and then they did lose their lives, but they aren't destroyed. We are struck down, but not destroyed, and again, we have to help each other. So we're afflicted in every way, 
We become perplexed, we're persecuted, and we're struck down. But through the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, we aren't crushed. We're not driven to despair, we're not forsaken, and we're certainly not destroyed. Well, as if that wasn't enough, get some more dumped on my plate anyway. The gospel tells me that I have to be nice to people I don't really like. You know, and that's really hard sometimes because I'm right. And I shouldn't have to play nice with them. Well, you know, we get the golden rule. It says, big as life, as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. You know, looking through this again earlier today, and it says here, the Lord, because he wants me to associate with sinners because I'm no better with them than I don't, but I need to love them. I don't need to do the same things they're doing, but I need to love my enemies and do good and lend, expect nothing in return. And you know what? My reward, our reward, will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. That's a hard one for me to get used to, but I need to remember that there have been those who have helped me, and some of those people are ones that I would not have considered to be uh, in my circle, if you you will. Um, Maybe not true enemies, but those I wouldn't invite over for dinner or anything. So where are we going to start with this? Are you going to wait to be persecuted, or are you going to wait for some of these things to happen? No, you need to start now if you haven't already started. You know, don't wait to become afflicted or persecuted or perplexed or struck down. You know, we are God's own, so we need to start now. And one of the ways that we need to do that is, of course, we look to each other to help, but also, and this is really, really important, it's with our children. Our children need to be here. I know it's hard. Um, A few weeks ago, in a homily, I took a beating on saying that my homilies were too short, said by the priest who sits down to give his homilies that are too long. (laughs) But having wrestled with a total of 18 children through church for various lengths of time. Granted, my wife did more than me. I am the first to admit that. And my older children helped. But short homilies are actually appreciated, I know. (laughs) Children need to be here. They're going to make noise. They're going to cry. If they get distracting, take them out. Now that we got my microphone working, you can actually hear me out in the narthex. They're going to make noise. You know, my, my oldest son, Joby, he and his wife and kids were, they were visiting in the parish uh, a few years ago, and he was having a lot of trouble with uh, one of his youngest, at the, uh, his youngest daughter. And um, it was in Matins, uh, and he said uh, Anna was making noise, and all of a sudden the priest leaves the altar and walks out. Now, it's a little smaller room than this walks out and walks toward him. And as the priest is walking toward him, he's making eye contact with Joby. And Joby's thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to be thrown out. 
Actually, instead, the priest said, I want you to know it's okay. Don't worry about the noise. I want you to be here. I want your children to be here. It's okay. Joby probably spent one of the most restful divine liturgies that he's had since his children were born. So remember that. Kids are going to make noise. But they say they are our future. One thing, too, it's okay. Let them cry. I asked for it. But you need to take advantage, too, of, of what the church does offer. You need to take advantage of the catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And there's going to be an open house during coffee hour. And even if you don't have kids, I would encourage you to go in and take a look and see what our children are learning. I've been fortunate enough that my two youngest have been involved in it. My older kids were too old. But do go into those rooms and see how hard that the kids work, how hard that the catechists work along with them. Uh, it's really amazing, and it's really productive. Uh, my kids at 11 and 13, even though I sat through an awful lot of, of sermons and meetings, they, they knew more about things of God than I did at that age. Trust me on that. But just to wrap it up then, we are in a battle, okay? But we're not in it alone. We're with each other, and we need to work through that. And besides each, each of us, we're also helped by the saints. This is Oak Ridge. We read from this Saturday night. Um, one of the saints today that we're commemorating is St. Andrew, the fool for Christ. He actually faked being crazy. He did that so he kind of got out of being a slave. Uh, and so his master didn't want a crazy slave, so he kind of just let him go. So during the day, he pretended to be crazy. And at night, he'd go around uh, giving stuff away, um, praying for people, and just doing some pretty amazing things. He saw some amazing things, too. He saw heaven. He saw saints. He saw angels. And I want to read one thing that he saw, which we actually commemorated this yesterday. The protecting veil of the most holy mother of God. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just this was at a, an all-night vigil at a church in Constantinople. It was just in the early 900s. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, the most holy mother of God appeared above the people with a veil spread over her outstretched hands as though to protect them with this covering. She was clad in gold-encrusted purple and shone with an unspeakable radiance. Surrounded by apostles, saints, martyrs, and virgins, seeing this vision, St. Andrew gestured toward it and asked his servant, Epiphanius, do you see how the queen and lady of all is praying for the whole world? Epiphanius replied, yes, Father, I see it, and stand in dread. So we have all the saints. We have the mother of God. Um, I don't know if Jan Isham had read that account or not, the gold-encrusted purple, but that's what we have. And she's holding that veil over the whole world. I need to hear that. I need to hear that every day, many times every day. 
but we have help from each other. We have help from the saints. We have help from the mother of God. And, of course, the creator of all, the one who said, let light shine out of darkness. And with his help, we need to get up, dust ourselves off, and help the one next to us do the same. And as Paul wrote, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, our sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God.